1: Good afternoon Buckeye fans. Uh, I'm Patrick Murphy. Dave Biddle with me here from Bucknuts and 247 Sports. We come to you from the uh, Gene Smith suite here at Ohio Stadium after Ohio State's 35-28 Logan. Um, Dave, both of us picked the Buckeyes to win. Uh, I talked to the guys over at our Oregon site Duck Territory this week. They were picking the Buckeyes to win. I think most of the country picked the Buckeyes to win. Uh, We'll get into a lot of different things here, but um, your initial thoughts on what went wrong today. Was it, was it scheme? Was it game plan? Was it players? What, what was the biggest thing in your eyes that, that didn't work for the Buckeyes?
0: Yeah, obviously there were a myriad of factors. It starts with the defense, obviously, and I think it's a combination of poor personnel overall for Ohio State standards. They do have some talent on this defense and poor coaching. I like Kerry Combs personally. I like him as a man. I like him as a DB coach. I like him as a recruiter. I feel like he's in over his head as a defensive coordinator, and it's not all on him. He didn't inherit the 2019 Ohio State defense, but they need to be much better than this. So it starts with the defense. The defense has to be much better. And what, what was striking, Patrick? If you told me that Oregon scored 35 points in this game – by the way, they could have scored more if they wanted to. They are trying to take the air out of the ball yeah, late. Sure. Um, if you told me ahead of the game Oregon scored 35 points, I'm like, okay, that sounds about right. Um, maybe a little – I picked a little less. I picked him to score 27. But 35, is that's not what is disappointing. What's disappointing to me is how easy it was for Oregon seemingly talking about wide receivers wide open throughout the game running backs not even being touched running right up the middle wasn't like they were doing anything fancy um they threw them some stuff at ohio state that they had not seen before but ohio state needs to be ready for that they can't just watch the fresno state game from last week and think that that's the oregon team that they're going to get so it starts with the defense but the offense needs to be better in short yardage okay the offense is explosive they can almost threw for 500 yards today cj stroud 484 yards passing four touchdowns the one interception that sealed the win for oregon I thought he threw the ball well, um, but they can't, they can't pick up short yardage. They, they were not good on fourth down until very late in the game. Um, and I think C.J. Stroud needs to be more of a running threat. Probably right now he's not because he's dealing with a little bit of a bump shoulder. He talked about that after the game. We knew that anyway. There was talk that he might not even play in this game, but um, our sources told us midweek that he was going to play. So it's not all on the defense. It's mostly on the defense. The offense needs to be better, too, especially in short yardage. And I mean, there's so much we're going to get into. This is just a disappointing loss. This does not look like an Ohio State defense. Is the season over? No, we all lived through 2014, unless you're six years old and you didn't. Uh, But I don't see a parallel here with the Virginia Tech loss. That was a defense that was loaded with talent that kept getting better and better and better and better. And really, the Virginia Tech loss was not really about defense. It was that bare front that they threw at them. So people might bring up 2014 and say, well, the Buckeyes had that loss. Everybody wrote them off. They went on to win the national championship. That's wishful thinking. This team is a long way away. I would not want any part of seeing Ohio State play Alabama. Now, I mean, I would because that would mean Ohio State's in the national championship game or the playoffs. But, man, it's going to be tough for them to get there. I still think they're going to win the Big Ten. This was a bad loss today, though.
1: Yeah, it certainly wasn't good. Um, this is an Oregon team that, you know, could certainly contend in the Pac-12. But I, I think we all are, are down on the Pac-12 in general. As you mentioned, uh, you know Ohio State had 612 yards of total offense, but they gave up 505. And obviously, the scoreboard tells tells the rest of that story. Um, you touched on a few things I want to to talk about. Let's stay on the defense side of the ball. I think that's where everyone is is kind of focused. Um, the linebackers, the defensive line. You know, last year was the pass defense; it was a problem. This year, so far, the the pass defense wasn't great against Minnesota, but today that wasn't the problem was the way Oregon was able to run the ball. I mean, they scored on essentially the same play three or four times. You know, that can't happen. And, you know, whether that's Kerry Combs, whether that's players not ex- ex- executing, and Kerry Combs talked about it. We talked to him after the game. He said it's on him. He took, he took blame for it. But, you know, when, when you see the same thing over and over again and you don't get it fixed, that's a problem. And that's not just not having good players. I mean, Zach Harrison's a good player. We know that. He kept doing the wrong thing. And it it cost them. The linebackers weren't getting off blocks and it cost them. And, you know, to me, that was the biggest thing from this game. It it wasn't CJ Stroud's interception. It wasn't the lack of a run game. It was that they couldn't adjust to the the issues that they were having.
0: Yeah, Zach Harrison, that was disappointing. I mean, he kept pinching in. He kept flying in from his defensive end spot and not containing the edge. And Oregon was like, okay, we'll just keep running left and running right past you. You can keep flying in. We'll run right around you. I, I have no idea how they didn't adjust to that. That's simple football right there. You know They weren't doing anything tricky. Oregon wasn't. And, again, guys were wide open. um, Running backs weren't being touched. Anthony Brown has has struggled throughout his career as a quarterback. He he had a touchdown-to-interception ratio of just two-to-one at Boston College. That's not a good touchdown-to-interception ratio. During his career at Boston College, 40 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. Did not look good last week against Fresno State. They made him look like a really good quarterback, not like an NFL quarterback. But, I mean, it was reminiscent to me, Patrick, of the Oklahoma game in 2017. They're just – there was something about it. Ohio State just never was able to get, you know, control of that Oklahoma game. This is the same thing. They never once had control of this game. Oregon controlled it throughout the game. And you kept thinking maybe Ohio State's going to come back, especially when they made it 21-14. to Oregon kept getting up by two touchdowns. And um, one more thing that really hurt Ohio State was penalties on offense that were killing drives. The offensive line had three false starts, and at least twice of those killed drives. There, Munford had a holding penalty that was just – that just absolutely killed them. They picked up – it was the one time all game C.J. Stroud had a good run. that He showed yeah. willingness to run. He picked up a first down on a third and ten. The Ohio State's driving late in the fourth quarter. It's 35-28, which is the final score. And he gets a first down. Gets 11 yards. Pick up a first down in Oregon territory. There, Mumford's called for holding. That makes it third and 20. And they're forced to punt. That was a huge penalty. And there were a couple of penalties they thought that should have been called that weren't. I thought Chris Olave. I don't know. The refs were not Chris Olave fans today. I thought he was – Mugged in the end zone on a fourth and two play. Uh, I thought the guy was all over him, should have been past interference. I will say you can't put yourself in that position. Ohio State, they, they kept putting themselves in bad positions where you're forcing the official to either help you out or not help you out. And I don't know how that wasn't targeting near the end of the game on a lobby. That is a, a textbook spear tackle if there is such a thing, a thing not to do. Lower your helmet, fly in with your head. You don't have to make helmet-to-helmet contact for it to be Targeting, he completely speared Chris Olave in the upper back, and they even the replay. Official even watched it yeah. again. Though this is not on officials. Ohio State lost this game mostly because of their defense, and I think we got to give Oregon some credit. Oregon's a good team. They came in here, they wanted it more, they were fired up, they had more energy, and they played better than Ohio State.
1: I agree. I agree. And and Ryan Day, as as you alluded to, said after the game on that targeting call that the referees told him they did review it. Noah Sewell, the linebacker for Oregon, uh, was the one that that came in. They said they reviewed it and he turned his head. Um, to me, I don't care if you turn your head. It's still targeting. And he didn't turn his head. Uh, yeah, and that's and it that's, that's look, a stupid excuse. And, and, you know, down on the field, those two plays, I was down on the field for both of those. Um, you know, you could just feel on each of them kind of the air go out of, of the building. And then, you know, it kind of came back again when Ohio State got the ball back and then didn't get the targeting penalty. Um, let's talk about CJ Stroud because – you know he throws for what was it uh, 484 484 yards he has three touchdowns obviously has the pick late um that, you know was he's scrambling obviously that's not his thing throws the ball up overthrows a and and that kind of killed any any comeback really but um you know, I also thought he made some really good throws. You know, he had one to Chris Olave in the far corner over there that Chris Olave let go through his hands. That's true. A very uncharacteristic Chris Olave play. And, And I'm not blaming Chris Olave. He also made some very nice catches today, but you know, I know people are upset with CJ Stroud and some of the mistakes he made, the lack of the running, which something needs to, to happen. You know, he needs to get going that way. He's athletic enough, I think, to do it. He just seems hesitant, but you know, I think the Buckeyes have their quarterback. You know, I, I saw people on social media talking about Kyle McCord, Quinn Ewers, you know, all that. I think this guy's good. I think he's just inexperienced in learning. And, you know, you, you mentioned that 2014 game. JT Barrett made mistakes. By the end of the year, JT Barrett was a Heisman Trophy, you know, candidate. Uh, he, he obviously wasn't a finalist. I'm not saying that's going to happen with CJ Stroud, but I do think this kid's going to grow. It's unfortunate that he was asked today to make so many plays to win a game when, you know, high State's defense couldn't back him up and they didn't have the run game. You know, the rushing yards totaled, uh, what was it, 128 yards. Not good enough for Ohio and How State. many yards
0: per carry for Ohio State? You uh, say? 4.1. 4.1. Not good enough against Oregon's defense, no. people. Not good enough. We always talk about all offseason, it's offensive line. They're going to maul people. They're going to be this and that. they got the jumbo out there with DeJuan Jones moving Thayer Munford inside the guard. All, all this good stuff, right? Penalties. Can't, can't win in short yardage. Oregon was more physical than Ohio State. When yeah. does that ever happen? Ohio State's always more physical than Oregon. Now Mario Cristobal, his he's a different Oregon coach. He's a his background is the offensive line. He played offensive line. He's an offensive line coach coming up, where he became a head coach. So this is a different style of Oregon team. It's very disappointing that Oregon was more physical than Ohio State. Back to CJ Stroud as Patrick was saying. Yeah, I agree. This is not on him at all. Could he did he play perfect? No, but oh my gosh, making his second start puts up you know. Almost 500 yards of passing. The offense was not the problem. Now, they could have been. Okay. They could have been better. Again, they had some. They fourth, scored some that's fourth down. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, they had some fourth downs that that they that they weren't able to cash. And that's why Ohio State had more total yards than Oregon. But if Oregon dominated because when Oregon needed a big play, they made it. And a big play sometimes can be fourth and one. Ohio State wasn't making those plays. They were getting stuffed. They were throwing incompletions on fourth down. Um, Oregon made the most of their opportunities. I like T.J. Stroud. I do want to see him be more of a willing runner. Now, again, I think that's probably because of his shoulder. I mean, he. There were times I'm like, oh, he's going to pick up the first down easy on the run, and he would, like, throw it, including the the interception. Well, that I I kind of – whatever. Interception, you kind of need to throw the ball at that point. But there were many times during the game where I thought, oh, he's got a big running lane here. He's going to run for, you know, 15 yards. And he would either pull up or he would throw it. He needs to be more of a running threat. That way, when they're running the zone, read, the defense can't just key on the running back, which happened on one of the fourth down plays. They were just coming in and just crashed. And they knew that there was no threat of C.J. Stroud running the ball. They were able to key on the running back. He needs to at least be somewhat of a threat to run this year. But I'm high on C.J. Stroud. He is not the reason they lost today. He's only going to get better and better and better. I like where he's at in just his second start in college football as a redshirt freshman.
1: Let's go back to the defense because I think the one question that everyone is, and we see it in the comments about Kerry Combs, if you're Ryan Day, well, not if you're Ryan Day, what do you think Ryan Day does here? I'd, I'd be a rich man if I was Ryan Day. i have that family right there. Um, but what do you think Ryan Day does? Obviously, Ohio State has the next several weeks where they're going to be big – the Buckeyes are going to be big favorites. Um, and, and the defense will probably look better uh, throughout those those weeks, and it will probably get better. Young guys will play more, get more experience. But, you know, this is not just this week and last week. I mean, this goes back Alabama. Clemson to some degree, Indiana, last Indiana. Year. I, mean, Penn State, the, the, I mean, and and Kerry Combs was asked if the scheme needs to change. Ryan Day was asked the same thing because remember this is Ryan Day's defense. This is the defense that they ran under Ryan Day. Obviously, Jeff Halfley was the defensive coordinator, and Ryan Day first took over. The players were very different. But what do you think, Ryan Day? Did, Ryan Day does with Kerry Combs. What do you think? You know, do they make changes? Do do you change defensive coordinators? What What does he do? Not necessarily what you would do.
0: I think he's kind of stuck. I don't see him changing defensive coordinators in the middle of a season. Not that we're in the middle of the season. You guys know what I mean. During the season. That's just – I've never heard of that. Um, I'm sure it's happened in football. I think it happened in the XFL or something like that. But usually in football, a defensive coordinator does not get fired during the season. Is there a possibility? they have Paul Rhodes on this staff, who is a longtime successful defensive coordinator in college football. He's an analyst. When I say he's on the staff. um, Former head coach at Iowa State. Is it possible that they could, you know, fire Kerry Combs and, you know, promote Paul Rose to defensive coordinator? I guess it's possible. It's highly unlikely. Here's what's going to happen, in my estimation: Ryan Day's going to, you know, tell Kerry Combs what he wants to do, how he thinks they should improve, and let him try and figure out as well. At the defensive, as Ryan Day likes to say a lot of times, you know, he tells the defensive coaches some guidelines, and he tells them to go in a room and figure it out. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. I think what he's going to do is give Kerry Combs the rest of the season. And if this defense doesn't drastically improve, not improve, they need to improve exponentially, then Kerry Combs will be two and, and done as defensive coordinator. This will be his last year as defensive coordinator. But I don't think they're going to make a change midseason unless something crazy happens. This doesn't count as crazy. Oregon's a good team. you got to give them some credit. Well, this is a terrible performance from the defense. Again, I think it's equal parts poor coaching by the defense and I, the personnel is just not up to snuff, especially in the back seven. I, I will say this. I mean, I love Ryan Day, and he's not going to be perfect. I think he really screwed up when he when he lost Jeff, which he was expecting him after that was a great hire. I wouldn't have hired by Ryan. Day. That was a great hire. And yeah, and yeah. Jeff Halfley had a lot of tons of t- uh, talent on that nineteen defense. But look at him at Boston College. He'd be a yeah. good head coach too. But here's the problem, Patrick, in my estimation. I think maybe I'm wrong. When Halfley left, I think Ryan Day should have had a list of candidates and went through them, interviewed them. I don't think he did that. I think he just knew in his head, I want, I want Kerry Combs. He's been in the NFL now for two years. They coached together one year at Ohio State. Ryan Day's first year in 2017, they coached together. got to know him. I think he was looking at recruiting and energy and not looking at being a tactician. The number one thing about being a defensive coordinator is you have to be a tactician. Kerry Combs even admits he's not much of a tactician. So I think it was a bad hire by Ryan Day. and That's on him. That's on him. So I don't know why he didn't like, look at more candidates, he just thought Kerry Combs was this guy. They offered him a bunch of money. It makes one point four million dollars a year. He's the second highest paid coach on the staff, other than Ryan Day. So, what can be done, Patrick? I don't think. I think they're stuck right now for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, and it's been interesting because when Ryan Day has had to make hires, and there haven't been many of them during his time at Ohio State, it's either been promotions. Matt Barnes from from special teams coordinator, uh, Corey Dennis. Yeah, you know, and he talks about continuity and Kerry Combs brought some of that back because he'd been in this staff and, you know, worked with a lot of these guys before, but sometimes continuity over a better coach, you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, now we'll see, you know, I said coming into the season, I wanted to see Kerry Combs with a full off season to work with these guys. You know, obviously last year was very different, but we're now two games in and, and you know, it doesn't seem like the defense has changed much. You know, So I agree with you. I, I think they are kind of stuck, um, which is unfortunate because this, is a, this op- offense is obviously very talented, and I think the players on defense are very talented. It's it's just how you put them to use. Um, you mentioned it before, that this isn't the 2014 team. Um, obviously, this team, as I said before, will get better. Haskell Garrett alluded to the 2014 team. He's told the team, the season's not done. Um, you know, you, you talked about you think this team can still win the Big Ten. Is the playoffs still something you could see this team doing, making – um, down the road? Is, is it too soon to even have that discussion right now? No, because I think Ohio State's
0: going to be favored in all of their games. I mean, they were favored by 14 today, so that doesn't mean anything. But when you look at it, they're going to be favored in every game moving forward. You know, Penn State, Michigan, who looks better than them. We'll see how Michigan looks tonight. Right. I know it was Western Michigan last week, but Michigan was only favored by 16 in that game and they won by 33. I was expecting Michigan to kind of sputter and win that game like they have against like Army last year and other games where they just don't look good, or maybe Army was two years ago. Um, Michigan looked better than I thought. But I think Ohio State's, has a really good chance of running the table from here. So in a 12-1 Ohio State, Ohio State wins the Big Ten, let's say. Big Ten championship, they're sitting there at 12-1. Their one loss is seven points against Oregon, second week of the season. I think 12-1 Ohio State would be one of the four teams to make the college football playoff. Here's the problem. I think Alabama would destroy them unless this defense improves exponentially, like what we saw in 2014, which I don't see that happening. That that defense had a ton of future first-rounders on it, including Joey Bosa. Darren Lee was, you know, didn't make it in the NFL, but he was a stud that year at that walkout linebacker. You know, they had other guys on that defense. Eli Apple was a first round pick. I'm leaving guys out. Mike Bennett wasn't a good NFL player, but he was a heck of a college player. Yeah. You know, Adolphus was had- Washington and guys like that. I mean, that was a good Josh Perry. I mean, that was a yeah, really leaders, good team. Leaders, got, you yeah. know,
1: guys that, you know, even a Grant, who, you know, guys you you fought for. You yeah.
0: No doubt about it. Von Bell, yeah. Von Bell was on that team. I mean, again, this defense has talent. You guys are probably thinking, well, wait a minute, would, they got five stars on this team. But yeah, they do. But is Zach Harrison playing like a five-star? No. Other guy, And they're banged up. Proctor being hurt. Uh, Seven banks didn't play again today. Proctor's injury looks serious. I'm concerned, guys. I'm concerned. I, I do think, to answer your question, Patrick, there is a chance they're going to run the table because they're going to be favored on every game, including if they make the Big Ten championship game, in my opinion, if they play Iowa or Wisconsin whoever, rematch with Minnesota. They'll be favored. Can they do it? We'll see. I think there's a strong possibility they can still finish 12-1 and and make the college football playoff. I don't see them winning the national championship though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. We'll be there along the way. Um, We've already got stuff on the site. Steve has the game recap. You've got what we learned up. We'll have more stuff here this evening. Um, You know, it's, it's a tough one for the Buckeyes tonight, certainly, or this afternoon, I guess, certainly, um, you know, but you, you, you move on to next week and and next week we'll, uh, we'll have coverage for everything that, uh, that happens at Ohio state, starting with Ryan day's press conference uh, on Tuesday. But before then, We'll have plenty of stuff about this game and and you know stuff from the post game press conference. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Close to 400 people, one at one here. Toledo beat Notre Dame. Oh wow! Toledo beat Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, make you feel a little bit better, Buckeye fans. Yeah. No? Uh, I tried. Yeah. I tried. All right. Well, Dave, thanks for taking time to do this. Thank you guys for watching. Again, I'm Patrick Murphy. Dave Biddle. We're with Bucknuts and 247 Sports. Stay tuned to the website. We'll have plenty of stuff coming here later today, tomorrow, and all through next week. Thanks again, Dave. Thanks, guys.